Welcome to the Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at our Caribbean headlines for today, Wednesday, July 7th. President Jovenel Moise of Haiti was assassinated in an attack early hours of Wednesday at his home on the outskirts of the capital of Port-au-Prince. Mr. Moise's wife was also shot in the attack. Her condition was not immediately clear. In a statement, Prime Minister Claude Joseph said a group of unidentified individuals, some of them speaking Spanish, attacked the private residence of the President of the Republic and thus fatally wounding the head of state. In a telephone interview, Joseph said he was the one running the country at the moment. The opposition said Mr. Moise's five-year term should have ended on February 7th, five years to the day since his predecessor, Michel Martley, stepped down. When Mr. Moise refused to leave office, thousands of Haitians took to the streets demanding his resignation. Mr. Moise insisted that he had one more year to serve because his term did not begin until a year after the vote. The security situation of the country at this point is under control of the Haitian National Police and the Haitian Armed Forces. Dominica's first Prime Minister, Patrick Roland John, passed away. Dominica News Online confirmed that John died at the Dominica China Friendship Hospital on Tuesday morning. As Premier of Dominica, John led the country to independence from the United Kingdom in 1978, thereby becoming the first Prime Minister of the newly formed Republic. His government was ousted the following year when thousands of Dominicans protested against what they described as oppressive legislation the John regime was attempting to enact in Parliament. Gaston Brown, Prime Minister of Antigua and Barbuda, is the new chairman of the Caribbean community, CARICOM. Brown is pushing fellow members of the regional bar to advance the integration process. In his first address as chairman to the 42nd regular meeting of the Conference of Heads of Governments, which was held online, Brown said there was a protocol on the current agenda that allowed any group of member states within CARICOM to move quickly in the new unity mandate than the general membership. During the conference, Brown told the members of the regional grouping that they did not have the luxury of delaying the approval of key instruments such as financial service agreements, investment policy and incentive regimes, and development and regulation of regional securities market. Brown told his colleagues full implementation of the CARICOM single market and economy was required for the transformation of regional economies and to facilitate a post-COVID recovery. He hailed outgoing chairman Dr. Keith Rowley for his sustained efforts in lobbying various countries outside of the region to obtain vaccines for CARICOM states. The new CARICOM chairman reasoned that the COVID-19 pandemic had brought into sharp focus the dangers of the region's overwhelming dependence on tourism for its economic well-being. He argued that economic diversification, especially in agriculture, was vital to the region and there was a need for countries to accelerate their efforts in strengthening the sector. Brown said that part of the dialogue to strengthen the agricultural sector across the region must be more meaningful 
and revitalize role for the Caribbean Development Bank and the CARICOM Development Fund. He stated that these two vital CARICOM institutions should be realigned and retooled to scale up their operations and become facilitators to drive economic expansion. Grenada Technical and Allied Workers Union continues to engage St. George's University in a matter of unvaccinated workers. As a part of its ongoing representation of unvaccinated members at the St. George's University, the Grenada Technical and Allied Workers Union held a meeting with the workers recently to discuss a way forward. Workers had different positions on what they wanted. It was agreed that each individual worker must be given the opportunity to decide what option was best for them. The Grenada Technical and Allied Workers Union continues to insist that vaccination must not be made mandatory and must not be a condition for continued employment for existing workers. Grenada Technical and Allied Workers Union has now written to St. George's University seeking a meeting to be held during the week of Monday, July 12, 2021. Workers were encouraged to maintain contact with the union. Cooperatives are noted as key players in Puerto Rico's reconstruction. The Weekly Journal reports that key industry members of the public and co-op sectors gathered in San Juan, Puerto Rico premises of the public cooperation for the supervision and insurance of cooperatives of Puerto Rico to discuss reconstruction projects nearly four years after Hurricane Irma and Maria devastated the island. Roughly $10 billion have been obligated by the federal government of the United States for the Puerto Rico Community Development Block Grant Disaster Relief Program with $8.3 billion pending or an additional 41%. Puerto Rico's Housing Secretary William Rodriguez said the mitigation funds are for issue of resilience, a better Puerto Rico, and are not necessarily tied to hurricanes, but can be used for other emergencies and to improve the infrastructure of Puerto Rico. The secretary noted that co-ops can assist the agency by becoming subcontractors to enhance the home repair, reconstruction, and relocation program. With 20,000 R3 projects in the pipeline, Rodriguez said that we need a lot of manpower for these jobs as we now finally have access, so we will be allocating the necessary funds. Rodriguez highlighted that the cooperative movement has been a crucial help in advancing the buyer's assistance program, of which co-ops comprise of 40%. Fendata Rosario, president of the Cooperative of Professionals of the Electrical Industry of Puerto Rico and the Caribbean, stressed that the co-op model was vital for him and his associates to participate in the island's recovery process. He stated that the Electrical Cooperative can benefit from the $1.9 billion aimed at improving the island's electric grid and bolstering energy resiliency for communities through the integration of renewable energy. In addition to the CDBG DR funds, the United States Treasury announced last month the allocation of $47 million for Puerto Rican co-ops through its Community Development Financial Institutions Fund. The funding corresponds to the Community Development Financial Institutions Rapid Response Program and is part of the federal stimulus legislation approved in December 2020 to offset the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. This 
This allocation is also the largest in the history of the Community Development Financial Institutions Program. A celebration was held at Pompey Square in Nassau, Bahamas to welcome Crystal Cruise's flagship Serenity for its inaugural luxury Bahamas Escape Cruise. The Bahamas now serves as the official home port for the boutique ship, which offers seven-night voyages exclusively within the Bahamas. Ports of call will include Nassau, Bimini, Cat Island, Great Exuma, San Salvador, and Long Island. The Honorable Dioncio Diagular, Bahamas Minister of Tourism and Aviation said, this partnership signals a significant milestone for cruising in the Bahamas, as the boutique Crystal Serenity ship offers potential to bring back economic empowerment through our communities. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean Caribbean News Roundup for Wednesday, July 7th. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com.